Hello seedlings, welcome to this episode of Be Like a Tree, a podcast that explores how we as human beings can be inspired by lessons learned from trees. I'm your host, trauma-informed psychologist, founder of Taproot Psychology, and tree lover, Dr. Kelly. I'm going to start this episode by telling you a story. So settle in, get comfy, and open up those ears. Once upon a time, there lived a little boy named Zion. He was just like any other kid. He liked to run and jump and play, and daydreamed about far-off places he could explore and have adventures. Z loved the outdoors. He would spend hours amongst the woods, noticing the trees, examining their branches and leaves. One day, after a particularly hot day at school, Z went into his woods to be by his favorite tree. But this day, he was not happy. His face was covered in tears. His fists bunched in balls. Then, in a burst of anger, he kicked the tree. He yelled and shouted and screamed, and he kicked the tree again. And nothing happened. So he stomped around the tree. He was really mad now. So he stomped and he stomped and he stomped, circling the tree, not really sure what he was doing or looking for, and he kicked the tree again. And nothing happened. He stopped, he stood, and the final urge of frustration, he pushed the tree with all his might. He pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed until he could push no more. The tree would not be moved. Falling to the ground in exhaustion, he sat in silent contemplation. And as he sat, and in his silence, his tears dried. His anger ebbed, his eyes always on the tree, examining its trunks, branches, and leaves. Slowly, moving closer, he placed his hand on the tree's trunk. He looked up, and as he did, one solitary leaf fell slowly from the branches, landing right next to him. He picked up the leaf, he took in its colors, He traced its patterns. He smiled. I'm sorry, I'll do better, are the words he whispered as he thanked the tree for his gift. He got to his feet, brushed off his pants. Holding a leaf in his hands, he took a step towards home. Pausing, he turned, taking one final glance at the tree as he said to himself, I gotta be more like that tree. So listeners, I'm hoping your curiosity is sparked and I've left you questioning. Why is Dr. Kelly telling us this story? Well, I'm going to break it down for you. The first is to help you understand the concept of co-regulation. I wanted to continue to think about that after the interview with Therese. And the second is to help you start to imagine how being like a tree can help you find your calm in everyday life. Let's break this down a bit more. 
Co-regulation is the fancy word used to describe how humans can learn to manage our emotions from our relationships with others. Most people I work with seem to think that we are all born with this innate ability to know how to deal with the world and our emotional states. But that isn't correct. We humans actually learn how to co-regulate by being in the presence of another person. Co-regulation is when our nervous system calms or is calmed down by something external to ourselves. One of the easiest ways to think about this is if you think about a baby and its caregiver. That carer can use their body, tone and pitch of voice, and their breath to anchor safety for themselves and for the child. Let me give you some examples. So, picture four-month-old Taylor. Now, Taylor cries softly as she wakes up from her nap. Her mom calls her softly saying, I hear you, Taylor. Mama's coming. Taylor quiets down. Or imagine one-year-old Jake is playing with a puzzle. He's playing with a puzzle, trying to build cars. Now, he's concentrating very, very hard trying to put the pieces together. Tanyao the family's babysitter is sitting nearby, tending to baby Taylor. Jack looks at Taylor, and then he catches Danielle's eye, and then he goes back to working hard on his car puzzle. He puts one piece together, and then he looks up, and Danielle smiles at him and exclaims, You did it! Jack then smiles back, and as he picks up his next puzzle piece. Jack then smiles back as he picks up the next puzzle piece. In both examples, the adults are providing co-regulation for the children. They are offering warm, responsive, and nurturing interactions. By providing consistent care, they're teaching the children that they can trust others. If a child grows up with co-regulation, then join moments of stress, such as when they're struggling with those feelings or when they're struggling with puzzle pieces, they begin to internalize this concept and they learn strategies for self-regulation and self-soothing. This happens in their brains and in their minds. So think again of Danielle's reassuring smile when Jack first looks up from his puzzle and then she praises him when he fits the piece. She is teaching him that, although she is also caring for Taylor, she is also able to attend and be responsive to his needs. An important thing to keep in mind when we think about co-regulation is the fact that it's a process that is continuously changing by the actions of those involved in the interaction. Remember, co-regulation is the way the nervous system of one individual influences the nervous system of another. When you yawn, I yawn too. If you laugh, I feel happy. When you cry, I moved. If you're calm, I am soothed. It really is that simple. Now, this doesn't mean that we're responsible for other people's feelings, but we must acknowledge that when we are in a relationship, we affect another person. And that is real, it's important, and this can happen on a conscious and unconscious level. Let's think briefly about our romantic relationships. Couples are co-regulating much of the time, although they might not even be aware of it. This can create safety 
or in conflicted relationships, it can also create a sense of danger. Now, I know that so far I have suggested that for co-regulation, we need to be in the presence of another person, as by definition, co-regulation is the meeting of two nervous systems. However, we know that our tree and plant friends are very much alive. They have rhythm and intelligence, and that inevitably resonates in our bodies. They can help to censor and balance us as we connect with them. So just like a mother regulates a baby system, trees and nature can regulate ours. Think of Z from the story at the start of this episode. After his stressful day at school, he kicked, shouted, and pushed his favorite tree. It was that immovable tree that allowed Z to find his calm through its reliable, grounded presence. Although the tree did not respond with words or an action like that of a human, it is in its presence and the fact that it did nothing to retaliate Z's anger that is important. I don't know about you all, but Z's experience is one that really resonates with me. I know after a hard day, it is sometimes the quiet, reassuring presence of nature that helps me to reconnect with my calm. This is making me think of Therese's words when she said that she thinks of her cherry tree. And she said that the cherry tree allows her to breathe and let out a sigh. And fun fact, according to research, sighing is one of the most effective methods for stress reduction. Sighing is the fastest way to downregulate your nervous system. Okay, let me come back from that tangent. Therese and I are not the only ones who believe that trees can help you to co-regulate. One research from 2019 found that participants who spent two hours in nature a week, for example, in woodlands and beaches or parks, wherever, so the people who spent two hours reported that they experienced a higher sense of health and well-being. Another reporter has found that time in nature can lower blood pressure, and stress and hormone levels. It can also enhance human immune functioning, reduce anxiety, and improve mood. This growing body of research, as well as my own experiences, leads me to believe that being in nature has huge therapeutic effect. Maybe this is because through our interactions with nature, we experience co-regulation. Nature is the embodiment of the ideal caregiver. I mean, They do call a Mother Earth. Now, let's think again about the story at the start of the podcast, as the second reason I shared it was to help you listeners start to imagine how you can be like a tree, how you can find your calm in everyday life. This was captured at the end of the story when Z walks away saying, I got to be more like that tree. In that moment, I imagine him thinking back to the rooted friendship the tree provided throughout his angry outbursts. I am imagining that he was remembering the compassion the tree provided by offering him the gift of the solidary leaf. This illustrates one way that human beings can be like trees. We can develop our capacity to give and be compassionate to others. For trees, this is a key part of their existence. 
they give constantly to us humans as well as other animals or parts of the ecosystem. They give us oxygen, they store carbon, they provide us with materials for tools and shelters, they stabilize soil, and they give back to the world's wildlife. We humans really wouldn't be alive without them. The planet wouldn't be alive without them. Thank you, trees. We are coming to the end of this episode of Be Like a Tree, and I want to invite you to see if you can notice your co-regulation. Pay attention next time to how you feel when you're near a tree. Place your hand on its trunk, take a breath, and notice if your body responds to its energy. All you have to do is notice and honor the exchange. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Be Like a Tree. And remember, stay rooted, stand tall, breathe, be like a tree. Cause you're free to be good.